This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Friday, December the 11th, 2015. Hey, good morning and welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Eric Cedars-Straub, former CEO, shipping clerk, and janitor. Now I'm just a guy Friday. They let me sit in here and do a show once a week. This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. Legal, lawful, constitutional tender, gold and silver, things that are real and tangible. Things that you can hang on to, things that you can put away, things that you can count on when you need them. And things that you hold and hope you'll never need them. Call 1-800-951-0592. You can also go out to the Information Superhighway, the World Wide Web at allamericangold.com allamericangold.com has got news, views, prices you can uh, wander throughout, meander through the website in the wee hours of the morning with your tinfoil helmet on it's a great day to be alive I hope this finds you well on this December Friday sitting in with the new CEO, shipping clerk and janitor nephew and president of this great company, Joe Jaquin still allows me to get on the air and espouse my views, but let's face it, everybody's entitled to my opinion. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Good morning. Happy to be here. One of the great days of the week, and no pressure, but yesterday, I told everybody, today was going to be a great show, so no pressure there. And then I told them, Tuesday is also going to be a great show. Monday, however, not so sure. (laughs) So you told him this was going to be a Absolutely. Game. You might have lied to him. <laughs> <laughs> i got to tell you, and it's interesting you'd bring that up, because they uh, they really, when you start looking at news, they must have fired a lot of reporters in the last decade, and especially in the last two years since I've been quasi-retired. That, that, that's all they've done. I mean, all of the print media and even the television media, you know, and I'm tuned in there because my brother, Runs, he runs a television thing. Right, he runs so, the TV, and he'll readily tell you it's a dying industry. Now you would think, ladies and gentlemen, that Joe's brother running a television station, and he does. I mean, he's the guy that decides what goes on there. This will give you an idea exactly how unappealing Joe is. <laughs> that you don't have a television show. <laughs> How's that even possible? You know, I can't believe we're not on TV. So, well, he wants me to pay for it. Oh, that's yeah, right. forget it. <laughs> well, let's face it. You and I both have a good face for radio. <laughs> I've got a great body for radio. That's for sure. No, it's where we belong. We were going to put cameras in. Remember that? Never that. Yeah. And then we got to thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the best idea we've ever had. We actually did it, and then saw what we looked like, and then decided against it. It, uh, the show, I don't know about how good the show's going to be, because you know that everything that's out there, when you get in the morning and I get up, and the old habit is when Joe and I did radio, and I did 20, you know, a quarter century of it, that uh, you get up in the morning, you scour the news wires, you get up early, plus you keep a running tally of things every day, and when something, you know, would run across, I'd make a note, you know, and it constantly... Yeah, and you, get, you build, and you right. have the uh, whole archive of things to go to as news pops up and you're able to connect the dots the entire week everything is the same thing terrorists 
Donald Trump and the Federal Reserve. And they have an army of people that all do the same thing. I mean, it's just crazy. So every report, everything on the news, everything they talk about is, all, oh, Hillary Clinton. And that's about it. I mean, how we didn't have an election last month is beyond me. <laughs> because it's had the best election coverage of any year since I've been alive. It has been amazing. I, I never seen anything like it. So, so I'm going to try to parse the in-between the reporting, which is what we always prided this radio program on, is not doing what everybody else does. But some things, obviously, have to be addressed. But ad infinitum is getting a little old for me, as I, I'm sure it is for you. But you're listening to the Patriot Radio News Hour. There's only how many shoplifting days left till Christmas? It's, what is today? The, the 11th. The 11th. So, so 14 days. I, I always save my... I heard that... You know, the local news is hard. You know, I usually catch it when I'm scanning by, and, you know, you get the bubble-headed bleach blonde. And she's like, you know, there's only, she goes, only 30% of the people have their Christmas shopping done. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, oh, duh, because I, men don't shop. Until I was just going to say, so I don't believe that for a second, because I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say 0% of men have even finished. They haven't even started. You can always get your wife like a catcher's mitt or a train set or something like that. And then when she unwraps it, you can get this dumb look on your face and go, I don't know, I had the I had the store gift wrap it, honey. Somewhere there's a 12-year-old kid getting a $1,000 negligee. <laughs> That's always a way you can get out of expensive presents. But, yeah, I've been historically a, uh, a Christmas Eve shopper. I like going to the stores at Christmas Eve, the people that are working there are not thrilled about but uh it is you can tell that they usually used to close the stores early you know like at five o'clock or christmas eve i I don't know anymore i don't know if they even close at all what they do with it so um anyway it's crazy day and it's crazy world but i think the christmas the christmas miracle has uh for the retailers i think has hit its crescendo well, the retail sales number came out today. They tried really, really hard to to paint it as good news. And, and I'll just give you the number. Ready for the month of November, the great holiday push, only two-tenths of a percent. Well, the problem is now is they start marketing. They start, I think the new paradigm is 4th of July starts after Valentine's Day. Uh, Thanksgiving starts Fourth of July, and Christmas starts, or or let me see, that, or Halloween starts on the Fourth of July, and they kind of blend it, right? right. Uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, kind of gets blended together, and then right before Halloween, it, it, Christmas starts. You know, that's the problem. So you know, it's pretty much a year-round thing, and by the time it comes around, people are kind of like the election. It's enough already. Patriot Radio News Hour just getting warmed up. Stay with us. Hey, you're listening to The Blind Leads the Stupid every Friday here at KXXT Live and also off of the Mothership Colorado KHNC 1360 AM and then carried uh, throughout and reverberates around the world on the Information Superhighway and I know you people like to listen to podcasts, so wherever you're at right now, really I want you to reflect on this year. I can tell you it's been an unbelievable year for me, tragedies, miracles, it's had it all, man. And uh, 
I'm thankful for uh, being able to get on this radio. I'm thankful for being able to still be part of this company in a small way for the last two decades. And because of your wonderful support and all you people that are out there, I'm still humbled at your generosity, wisdom, and kindness. one 800 will get you part of product that you need. It'll get you part of this company, and uh, you can uh, help support and put things back where you found I was studying a little, and, and again, to stay on topic with uh, the rest of the world, as everybody now is discussing uh, Donald Trump's off-the-cuff, for lack of better words, remark about uh, regulating Muslims, Muslim imports, people that are coming in need to be checked out. And, of course, who's checking these people out? Nobody. I mean, you know, how do you check someone out that comes from, you know, uh, there's no birth certificate, you know. <laughs> right. No social security Country's in a civil war. Right. All the records are gone. Who knows yeah. who they are? Yeah. It could have been living in mountains for 20 years, you know. <laughs> so it's impossible. But but if you look at the demographics of America and a changing America, and even the numbers that they give us now are comedy at best, because they don't know how many people are here illegally. They can't count them. They don't know. And it's all just wild guesstimates, you know. Some are... You know, wild and, and just well. Here's the great thing, though. It's taken all the all the steam out of all the uh, immigrants coming through the border. Still, record numbers all summer long and into the winter as they pile. And we have no idea. Well, Ted Kennedy, you know, signed the Infor Immigration Reform Act in 1965, and prior to that, we averaged 100 to 150 thousand people a year through Ellis Island. And um, maybe we should reopen Ellis. <laughs> then, they, then of course, when he re- when when he did when they when he signed the enacted the Reform Act, it, it went immediately went up tenfold, 1.2 million people. So over the last 40 years here in America, we've added 100 million people legally. 100 million, of course, it's changed the dynamics. You know, the uh, the Europeans, which you know dominated society, came over here through Ellis Island. You know, at one point we were 70, 80% of the population, and now we're at 51 or 52. And you've got the, uh, well, the, the changing demographics. But again, these do not account for the illegals. And, of course, there's an article that you keep seeing at 2050, the scales will be tipped. The, uh, the white Europeans will become, in this country, will become the minority. But I believe the scale's already tipped. Because if you add... 14 million illegals just tips the scales right over. Right. Okay? <laughs> so we're already at that point. And now, of course, the the Muslim the Muslim debate has started. And, and, I, find, and I find it quite interesting because the quote-unquote conservative candidates, the conservative Republicans, talk about Donald Trump's remarks as outrageous. You know, and how horrible that this is, and 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 maybe maybe it is. I mean, you know, it, well, you have no choice, right? Because the media has decided it's horrible, right? It doesn't matter what the public thinks. And and I I sat here on the radio yesterday. I mean, obviously, in my humble opinion, that's not an outrageous idea. You know what? We obviously have a problem. And maybe we need to have a timeout and go through and review what this process really is, because obviously the bad guys are getting in. And and, and, I, and I think a, a vast majority of Americans believe the same thing. And I think the media is trying to, to force them to believe 
something else. But this is why I think Donald Trump is so popular. Yeah, because I do believe that it is the the average opinion of the average American. Yeah, that's we're that's letting the bad guys in, right. and we need to tell time out and come up with a new plan. Then I heard uh, I heard a, a pundit on Fox saying, "Well, Donald Trump just scares the uneducated people in America. Uneducated, the people with college degrees." He specifically said this. So he's scaring the illegal aliens. Right. <laughs> <No. I> mean, <laughs> well, again, they use the word blue collar. Scaring the blue-collar people. They, they say that's Donald Trump's supporters. By the way, we're the most educated in the history of this country right now. Right, right. Just, just to throw that out there. But only the blue-collar people believe Donald Trump. So, so, I don't know. Take it or leave it. But I can tell you that somehow, miraculously, after electing uh, Barry Sotero, well, referred to not as Muhammad Ali or uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Abdul but Barack Hussein Obama, that miraculously and re-elected that we have record numbers of Muslims coming in. That would be like an only only income free, wouldn't you think? And I and that's what it has turned out to be. And now the the difference is is that that I can tell when Muslims get here they're very politically active. Which they change things. You know, there's there's the highest density of population is in Michigan, and there's, yeah, entire, Detroit. And, and there's entire towns, suburbs mm -hmm. that they've taken over. There, there's one, I know there, and I forget the name of the city, there's one city in Michigan uh, where they are the vast majority, because they, they right. put them all. And they have all gotten elected, they all run, they run for office, now they run everything in, in the town. You know what I don't like is I don't see the assimilation. There is no assimilation. That's there, what I don't That's see. why you run for office. You're going to change things your way, not the other way around. And there, to me, that's a massive issue. Teddy Roosevelt, if you study his remarks about it, not FDR, but Teddy, you know, says you're come here and, and adapt to American ways, which is fine, not the other way around. So I think it's an issue, and obviously it's a huge issue. And I and I believe you're right, Joe. I think that in spite of what the press says, because they're always come on the most. I don't get it why they're so liberal because well well look at it. Look look it at the right? It is. It's just shocking how liberal it is and and it's really unapologetically so. I know. So, so anyway, it's where we're at it, you know. Donald Trump addressed it. At least it's the first guy who addressed it. Somebody him. did. He's the only one though. But there's still a lot of things. I mean then when you look at where we're at today and, and really what what does it really take to fix the country? So you're going to continue to allow, you know, a million of people in every, you know, year, which, you know, I guess you're not going to stop that. That's where the great melting pot. But, you know, little by little, we've given up the sovereignty. But if you think about it, if, if in fact, the, the, there is an issue, which seems to be with the being attacked by Muslim extremists, that's fair, right? That's an issue right now. We're being attacked internally by Muslim extremists. Why even get an army? You know, because remember, you had to get tanks and you had to roll up. You'd have to roll up to Tijuana. Right, right. right. Okay. You'd have to convince the Mexicans to let them use their territory to right. come and invade us. But, or the Canadians. Now or, you don't need any of that. Or you could just elect one. Right. <laughs> and he just lets them all in. We got a better plan. I don't get it, man. I really don't get any of it. So... And if you look at the... Uh, it is interesting that know. right now, so, all of this is going on, and that's who's... That's the guy in office. That's oh, crazy. 
It's you know, co- you know, too many of these things can't just be a coincidence. But if you go back when you and I were doing radio, you know, and I, there's a few, there's few moments in time in radio because we did we talk about so much. But one of them that stuck in me when I was re- reading the list of candidates back in '04, and of course here George Bush and we've just spent trillions of dollars trying to find uh, weapons of mass destruction. Right, going right? everywhere, and I go, oh, look, here's a guy, a candidate, a guy named Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> right. Saddam Hussein, right. and we were right. laughing. We're laughing, going, you know, here we're spending zillions of dollars to go in, but this, you know what, this country elected him. Twice. Twice. I think. I don't know. We really have well. elections? I don't know. You have to believe we have elections. Of course, remember those bumper stickers, question everything? I had one. <laughs> so it's just it's just amazing where how we've gotten to this. And I'm telling you, there's there's an issue that's coming here. And I called it well before even before the San Bernardino here about a month ago that uh, is going to become a massive elect- electrical electrical electoral issue. And uh, I believe it's going to be. Uh, you know, centered around the the terrorists. So, how big can it get? I guess the sky's the limit. You remember we went back and talked about nuclear suitcases and kind of Lisa Rice on the Saturday news mag Saturday and Sunday morning news magazines, and we all had to get ready and duck and cover and prepare because there were nuclear weapons that are unaccountable accounted for and all around the United States, and they were going to start going off. And now, of course. Whether that was a true statement or not, nobody, you know, ever really addressed that issue, and they all just faded into oblivion. So, one eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The the issues that are out there today are not changing, and they're not going to. And no matter who you elect, isn't going to change it. And that simple fact is, is the, the country's running a debt that's just unsustainable. They have no intentions of paying it. They change the currency over now. I mean, every now and then you get a different colored bill. Right, all that stuff. Just just last, or this week, earlier this week, the first two months of fiscal 2016, they've owned up to another $200 billion of deficits, and that's just the part they tell you about. And It's just, just in the last, what was it? They just did the debt ceiling, so in the last not even 60 days, the federal deficit has risen by $700 billion, and nobody's talking about it. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? $700 billion. So we just add a trillion. <laughs> they added that. Ah, they won't notice. Trillion, what, every 15 days or something? You know, it's <laughs> kind of what it is, isn't it? It feels that way. Talk about the hockey stick. So, you know, that's the hairy thing. And, and, yeah, and you, and you see it, and you saw the reports that came out from the CBO saying, okay, we've hit that point now. All the things that that I've been telling you about Social Security now it's costing us an extra five billion a month. Medicaid because of you know the Obama Obamacare that was supposed to save us money. Yet add another eight billion dollars a month for that Medicare. Add another seven billion dollars a month every month, month after month, and it only gets worse. That's the beginning numbers. And by five years from now, figure on adding twenty to thirty billion dollars a month for every one of those programs. Well, it's unsustainable and it can't be fixed. Well, it can, you know, but everything has to adjust up, and things have not. Some things have adjusted for inflation. I mean, you know, cost food costs so much. Co- cost of college, college, everything. Right? Paying for health insurance, all of those things have adjusted for inflation. You know, the one thing that hasn't. There's one. Yeah, wages. Yeah. 
So, did I mean, you see? I don't know if you saw it or not, but yesterday the numbers came out for the first time in at least modern history. The middle class no longer makes up more than fifty percent of the population. We're below middle class is now below fifty percent of the population. How's that even possible? How can you sustain? We got all these people you, in poverty. So you got everybody living in poverty. Right, you got a, well, you got a few on the top end. You know, right. you got a few rich and rich. So you're either rich or poor. Correct. That's it. That's it. Nothing in the middle. Nothing in the, the middle's good. You know what? It's just like what they do with all the food companies in 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 the uh, grocery stores. They just keep taking a, a little bit out of the package, <laughs> a little bit out of the package. and that's what they're doing here. They're taking a little bit out of the middle class, a little bit out, and then you start looking around. Man, this, this middle class is awfully smaller than it used to be, but they still charge it the same amount. Lace potato chips. They were the very first people to do that, right? Right. The bag was the same size, right. but there just wasn't. You open it up, you're like, hey, where'd they all go? Now, I think Lace just breaks potato chips. <laughs> Pours them in. Here you go. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, well, the hidden inflation, but I got to, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, retail sales numbers came out, you know. Yeah. Come on. They did their best. If you take out this, 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 and this, and this, they were okay. But if you put all of that stuff back in, not so good. But car sales. Actually, they said they were down. Yeah, I know. They said excluding autos. They said car sales were down, excluding autos, oh, gasoline, car. food, and something else. And then it was up four tenths. But if you left all that stuff in there, not so much. Patriot Radio News Hour on a Friday. Eric Cedar Shrimp sitting in. We'll be back after these messages. See you then. Patriot Radio News Hour on a Friday, December Friday, Christmas. You know, they had the front page USA Today. Connecticut declares no fly, no guns. Now, I didn't know that if you were on a no fly list, you could still buy a gun. <laughs> I mean, common sense would say that wouldn't be, but here's the problem is nobody knows how you actually get on the list. Good point. And nobody actually knows how to get off the list. Right, yeah, yeah, so. So I guess, yeah, but I didn't, I mean, you figure if you're on the no-fly list, if you've made the no-fly list. If you made the list, maybe the, the FBI would. Uh, somebody does a background check, you're like, well, the guy's trying to buy 50 AR-15s. <laughs> His name's Muhammad Abdul, <laughs> and, uh, but he's on the no-fly list. problem is, you know who's on the no-fly list? Eric Cedarstrom, Joe Jaquin, you know, guys like that are on the no-fly list. Ah, go ahead and give them to him. <laughs> Again, they did a uh, survey on young young voters, age 18 to 29. And Joe has discussed that age group. I mean, they're just hammered in this country. And believe it or not, 52% of them believe the American dream is dead, the largest number in history. These are the young people. These are the people... They can't find their backside with both their hands. They they think they know everything, yet they actually know nothing. And they they are always the one. I mean, they're supposed to be the optimistic one, right? And you know what's weird? They they surveyed college graduates too, separately, and only and forty two percent of them with degrees. Believe the American dream is dead. <laughs> I mean, with that, college degree, <laughs> those are the ones that owe a hundred grand or 
for that degree. You know what's interesting, though, that uh, this is not the first time that this age group has had a negative look on the future for the United States of America. If you remember 1980, Jimmy Carter came on and addressed, addressed the country about this very issue, that people were negative about the future, and it was the first generation in history to not believe that the future was going to be brighter for them than it was for their parents. And you remember he came on and made that speech, and actually excerpts of it are from the movie Miracle. Because who knew that when the U.S. Olympic team, the hockey team in 1980, won, it marked the top for interest rate. You remember the prime rate? The prime rate was 23%. Now, in 1980, I was part of that demographic, and I believed it as well. It was horrible. I mean, I got a used truck loan in 1980, and the interest rate, a used truck, was 32%. I'll never forget it. 32%. 32%. Silver was $50 an ounce, and everything was running amok. The federal funds rate was 19 I looked it up this morning. But if you go and think about what the psyche was then and the psyche is now, and if you go back to 1980, the last time that this poll showed these numbers so dismal, and where the, the young generation of this country had such a negative outlook, well, they had darn good reason in 1980. With 23% prime rate, you had uh, gasoline was a dollar something a gallon. Minimum wage was three bucks. But the average, I did, I looked up some of the average. The average household income, you know, they love that. Right. And you can look this up through the census. 1980 household income. So I guess that means whoever's uh, working in the house, husband, wife, maybe the right. maybe a kid paying in. Could be. You know, yeah. They they average just, just it all look, out. Just look at a house and how much money's coming into that house. Nineteen thousand one hundred and seventy bucks. Okay, um, gasoline a buck nineteen a gallon, and uh, the average home median home price across median right across the country was sixty eight thousand. Okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> so being a, having a real estate license, I did a little. I looked it up and I said, well, all right, well, let's say you had to get a twenty five percent mortgage on a home. 68,000, 10% down. How much do you think your house payment was? 1,604 bucks. Now, that's, uh, again, just an average. So that was a pretty big house payment. That's a big house payment. Yeah, with a 19,000 median income. Well, today, the average median home price across the country, you told them all up, rich, poor, 366 grand, according to the census. Wow. Here it's only 255 in Arizona, but nationwide. Um, the average income you've talked about it. They say fifty-three thousand household. So I guess these are people that own homes, not people that rent. The poor people. So, so if you were to take the that put ten percent down and get a twenty-five percent mortgage, <laughs> the payment's gone up a little bit. <laughs> Six thousand nine hundred and forty-one dollars a month with ten percent down would be your payment on that same house today. Now, of course, they mask it with low interest rates. So, right. Then, you know, you look at, uh, you can, at you can, at a 4% interest rate, you're at $2,100 a month. So everything's kind of, you know, the, the mortgage or, or the income is doubled, and the payment hasn't because they've masked it with low interest rates, abnormally low interest rates, because every hedge fund, every mutual fund, every 
financial dynamic and every forecast and every financial planner that ever laid out your retirement and sat in front of you told you to expect a gain of 8% per year. And that was the business model for all of it. And if you go back and study average interest rates and you total them up, you know, since 1900, that's probably the average rate. Now, in order to, to get 8% interest rates, you know, you got to charge, you got to on fixed income, because that's what they based it at. They can't give you 8% return and only charge you 4%. So they have to charge 9, 10, 11, 12%. So I think that 8% model is over until the economic collapse. And what I mean by that is the dollar collapse, which is inevitably coming. And this is where you get overnight interest rates that are going to make 25% look like a bargain because they're going to try to support the dollar as it collapses. You have the opposite going on right now because you have Asia and Europe stimulating, for lack of better words, QEing, or call it whatever you Quantitative want. Quantitative easing, negative right. rates, right. whatever you'd like to call it. Right. And, and, and the Japanification of the entire world well, is like going that. on. That's a good word, Japanification. I borrowed it. Oh, it's you? called research, though, because I, I I use multiple sources. Japanification. All right. Kind of like silver is made of unobtainium. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So now here, what is it, next Wednesday? Everybody's holding yes. their breath again. And it's kind of a, a given. Oh, they're going to raise rates. And you look at the gal. What's her name? Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen. You, know, you listen, ever listen to her speak? Does she instill confidence into your 401k? <laughs> okay? <laughs> Not so much. Okay? She's there for the cocktail parties and jets, private jets. Publicity. Long limousine. Right. Uh, I don't believe she's capable of handing, handling this next crisis. That uh, what we're seeing here is is well, the Dow's down what 250 today again. Down another 250 today. Every time we get to this point, the same thing happens. We'll talk about this when we return. Patriot Radio News Hour on a Friday, separating the wheat from the chaff, showing you how the cow eats the cabbage. We'll be back. Stay with the Patriot Radio News Hour playing all your hits. It's a great day to be alive. That's from the album Laid Back when he was with Cher. Talking about 1980, which is about probably when that song came out. <laughs> they, um, you know, in Jimmy Carter's speech about how we need to pull together as Americans and now it's going to be the best times of our lives and we can do it. And the hockey team won and everything. You know how they did it? Around. They loaded everybody up with the dead. So, well, how they did it? I know. Well, look at it. The debt skyrocketed after that. The debt, not only, not just the national debt, all of our debt. And that was without any economic collapse or anything. You just had high interest rates and gas lines. That's all you had. Wall Street held together through it all. Gold and silver skyrocketed. Crazy. So here we are again. Now you've got the same survey coming out. But I almost believe them. Where do we go from here? Because you got record low interest rates, you know? I mean, we're at zero percent. So now you got Dow down 250 again. The same thing's happening as it did the year after last year, year before. All every December we get to this. Oil won't stop going and, down. Yeah, and everything is based on the whole market's based on what the Fed says. Everything. Forget economic fundamentals. Find me an article written about economic fundamentals, and find me a statement. This is the only president in seven years ever that has not stood on television and go. 
Are you better off today than when you were when I got elected? <laughs> You're not using that line. He ain't there. I ain't heard him say it once. Not once. But every president I've ever. I don't get it. And I, I'll tell you, there is an economic calamity of epic proportions brewing. And you and I are all going to see it. Maybe coming quicker than any of us even thought. And it's not an interest rate driven event. It's an, an economic fundamental fundamental-driven event that's been building now forever in the crash of 08 that they just put a Band-Aid on. I mean, all state insurance, okay? They, they built, they got this huge glass building that came up by ASU. Tempe Town Lake. Tempe overlooking the lake, you know, and it says State Farm on it. They're going to they're gonna hire 700 a, a people. Thousand, yeah, 700, a thousand people. You know, I can't verify this, and I don't want to, you know, cast aspersions on anybody, but... I would bet a silk purse to a sow's ear that they couldn't pay not one of their annuity investors in 08. Not one. <laughs> Maybe had to turn them into banks and everything, these insurance companies, and bail them all out. Give them a bunch of pretend money. So are you better off than you were in 08? Well, yeah. If I got a, you know, $700 billion through the Fed window, sure. Sure you are. You think the next four years are going to be better? No. No, we you know we need no because they won't they won't be better again until they give us another seven hundred billion dollars. So I don't know. You just don't hear that anymore, which I find amazing. You know, are you better off today than you were when I got elected? No. George Bush must have said it a zillion times. Twenty percent of Americans now that say they can pay off their home credit cards and auto loans before they die. I thought this was the stupidest, absolute. Stupidest poll ever done, so that's why I made a note of it this morning. How do you know you're not going to get hit by a bus on the way home today, you know? Oh, yeah, only 20%. It's a new poll. Well, you got to remember, though, okay, 20% said well, we're, we're going to die in debt. Another another 40% are like, listen, I don't, own, I don't have enough money to own anything. I don't own a home. I don't own a car. They won't give me a credit card. So, you know, 60% of them... Don't, you know, they got a problem. It's crazy. So, I don't know how they could do, do like that, but they say, yeah. You know, we're optimistic so, people. We are. By nature. By nature, sure. Everybody listening thinks you're one of the, oh, I'm one of the 80%. No, you're not. No, no you're not. That's why I put it in there. So, you know, I mean, Jimmy, we need another Jimmy this Carter. Is, this is the again. same country where... Half the population doesn't even have a thousand dollars to their name. What's going to happen here when the next collapse hits? And it may be hitting. You know, it looks the, like it is. That's the problem. The S and P hit a uh, a bear market pattern that's only happened a few times in the history. Yeah. Uh, one was the '87 crash. Yeah. One was the '08 crash. So we're at a 30-day streak now without. Uh, uh, the other one was the 1929. Crash. Was it? Those are the three. So you're aware of that? Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I read everything. I pulled that out early this morning in the wee small hours. Of they're, they're calling it the jaws of death. Is that what they're calling it? That's what they're calling it. Yeah, it's in, it's in a, a pattern where they hasn't put together a two-day winning streak in 30 days. So, in other words, you can't have two days in a row in a 30-day period when the market goes up back-to-back. So they say that that's a signal that you that is very, very rare. So we'll see. I mean, if you're chartists or one thing, I'm a fundamentalist. So 
you know, when they when they lay out charts and graphs and patterns. I'll tell you the one chart that, is, that has come to fruition, though, that that nobody's happy about is the national debt chart. If you go get a copy of Harry Figgy's book, or if you have it, Bankruptcy 1995, he uh, the Graham Rudman Act, and he talks about he talks about the national debt chart. And you can follow along at home if you want. Hold up your fingers in an L. Make the loser sign. Make the loser sign. Oh, you know, so you got your index finger up, pointing straight to the sky, and then you've got your either left or right thumb, whichever I'm using my right, your thumb running parallel to the ground. So you got the big L. Okay, now if you take your thumb, the bottom part, that's the first 200 years of our debt chart. Okay? <laughs> Say that again. That's the first... 200 years. 200. And that's the, you know, that's the our national debt. National debt chart. Almost a flat line. Right. So just running along your thumb. So here you've got the, starts with the Revolutionary War. Right, right. Civil right. War. The only time the debt ever went up was a war. And then, right. then other than that. Well, you got Civil Wars. Yeah, you got World War One and Two. Right, World War Two, right. And even after World War Two, you know, the next 10 years after World War Two, six of the 10 years we ran surpluses. Right. Just FYI. Great Depression. You got you got 1976. So now you got 200 years. Now you're running along your thumb and you get to where the index finger there in the taint of your hand, it runs straight up to the top. That's the debt chart where we are right now in 2015. It's exactly how it looks. They call it the hockey stick chart. It's amazing, isn't it? There's no way out of this one. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. Coming up, stay with us. Final segment on a Friday, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Eric Cedarstrom. One eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two is the business line here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, China, this big article in the Wall Street Journal today, loading up on gold. They um, their holdings of the metal have risen by more than fifty percent since two thousand and nine because they're watching America get themselves into a corner that they can't get out of, which is exactly what's happening. That uh, they're seeing uh, incredible stockpiling over there, but China tells its citizens to buy gold because they believe in the golden rule, which is those who have the gold makes the rules. And of course, the redback and the renimbi and the oil fix, all that's getting ready to change as well. The Arabs have told America, "We don't care about your oil problems. We've got plenty, and uh, we're, we're going to keep pumping." They don't care. Twelve dollars an oil a barrel, which I think is where it's going. Well, just uh. You know, Dow's down two fifty. Uh, crude oil's down another dollar, thirty-five dollars and seventy-five cents right now. The only thing up today's gold. Gold's up four bucks, thousand seventy-six. Look, you want to fix oil? I can fix it for you. Here it comes again. Ready? Raise the minimum wage. The kids can go buy twenty-year-old gas gufflers and go to work. <laughs> of course, no wait. They've crushed all those. Didn't they, they did. Got rid of those. Cash for clunkers. I heard you talking about the uh, the charts on platinum. What a great story that is, man! It's the most incredible thing you've ever seen. I mean, when you when you think about uh, opportunities that come along, this is this is a a generational opportunity. I, I mean, it's the only time in history where platinum throughout history, and I told the story yesterday. Eighty five, ninety percent of the time, platinum is always more than gold. And the other 10% of the time, maybe it gets below gold very briefly for a month or three months, maybe a year. And nor- 
to fifth. buy platinum versus gold right now. Platinum's 15 times rarer than gold. We don't produce any in there's this only, country. There's only four mines in the world that are producing them. Three are in South Africa, one's in Russia. And platinum is in every catalytic converter for these record auto sales. So somebody's manipulating this market for future production. You know, they're trying to buy uh, mass quantities of it by shorting it first. You know, we've seen that before. And ultimately what happens is it creates a short squeeze, and then wham, you get those huge spikes. So platinum is how far below gold? What Over percentage? 20%. 20%? Yeah. And you have some available? I still have some left. We ran, these are one-ounce maple leaves. And like I said, we have spent the better part of 12 weeks trying to get product so we could actually run them on the air. They're, they're you know, just a, an incredible buy, $985 for an ounce of platinum. And, in, and like I said, this is this is a generational opportunity. I mean, it's never done this before, ever. Never, it's never, never been 20 percent below the price of gold ever. Ever, you got to be kidding me. Ever. Well, the the buying bells are ringing, right? One eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Is there a limit on them, or I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know what? Limit twenty. That's the most I'm going to do right now because the, the, here's the problem is once we're out of this allotment, I don't know how long it's going to be till we get the next opportunity. And by that time, that the opportunity may be gone. Platinum Maple Leafs, $985. Give us a call, 1-800-951-0592 and add them to your portfolio. God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week, good Lord willing. Until then, take care and have a great week. Bye now. This was a paid program and was provided for informational purposes only. Inspirational, informative, and family-friendly. Welcome to the family. Merry Christmas! This is Family Values Radio, 1010 AM, KXXP.